0: Welcome to the 6th episode of DeMobile's Recrease Recaps from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Hamstone, and joining me as always is a Canadian whose previous adventures in Vernon included shooting a gun, spending a night in a police cell, and kissing someone of the same sex while pissing in a swimming pool, Logan Saunders.
1: Good afternoon!
0: Good afternoon. And how has your week been?
1: Just... Getting more classes than anticipated. I was doing 80 hours per week between the two jobs, and now there's been so much teaching, I think I'm pretty much up to 70 hours.
0: <laughs> Yay. <laughs>
1: but I don't know how long it'll last, because that's the fun part of gig work, and if the extra hours goes on for too long, I can just always close off some time slots.
0: I'll cry in a corner.
1: Well, do I get to open up my blindfold if I go into the corner to see where the balloon is?
0: Only if you pay me 250 euros.
1: That's that's steep, man. Especially during these times where everything's shut down economically.
0: Them's the prices that you gotta pay. Yeah. Can we
1: just defer it to when this is all over?
0: Mmm, I'll think about it.
1: <laughs> How's your Prime Minister, by the way?
0: Uh, he is now out of hospital. Um, he got uh, discharged on Sunday. Um, so he's resting and recuperating now. Oh, Yeah and quite a lot of people now seem to think that he might have been faking it for attention and there is a very stupid man who's trying to crowdfund a freedom of information request to try and get his medical records which a isn't how freedom of information requests work and b that health records are exempt from them anyway
1: right so weird all the consp- like we just had our first local protest against all of the restrictions that we have What's funny is that it was only 20 people locally who went to City Hall, and they all practiced social distancing during the protest.
0: Have you had anyone claim that 5G causes uh, coronavirus yet?
1: Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And that it was a war weapon manufactured by China.
0: Have you had any, um, any phone masks been set fire to yet? We've had that. What's that? People have been setting fire to phone masks because they believe that 5G causes coronavirus
1: people have been setting fire to them in England? Mm. Near where you live, or
0: just like London? Um, I think there was one reasonably nearby. It, it's not really come to the north that much, coronavirus generally. We've had quite a small amount of uh, cases. But yeah, people are just crazy.
1: It seems like it's just the big cities where where they really get it. What was it? Yeah, actually, around the Okanagan, we went four days without recording a case, then one day with two cases, then three days later, there was just one case.
0: And I do have to start the episode with a rare apology because there were quite a few people who pointed out on social media that last week's opening quote um, was not just from the MH17 woman, it was also from the Willie Summers uh, song that he ended up singing. <laughs> really <laughs> i told you about this when we started getting tweets we got so many tweets about this
1: how many people was the people that we had like that we knew were listeners before
0: nope <laughs> it was people who've never tweeted us before saying just so you know that quote is actually a, the the opening line to a Willie Summers song, and my argument is it does also come from the MH17 woman. So I tell you, weren't wrong. wrong. I just wasn't <laughs> entirely right. So who stole from who? Let's be honest. Willie Summers stole.
1: <laughs> He's like, man, this will be gr- this will be great inspiration for some beautiful lyrics. Belgium's greatest crooner, ladies and gentlemen.
0: So yes, thank you to everyone who is keeping us on the straight and narrow. Um, it did make me laugh so much when I started getting these tweets because I just felt like a complete numpty and the problem is we've been so good the past couple of weeks without these subtitles. This is now week number four of not having subtitles for these episodes and that is the first major mistake we've made in three weeks at that point and I was so annoyed that we finally tripped up royally oh, I've finally tripped up Riley, that it just, it made me laugh so hard when we started getting those tweets sort of Friday, Saturday last week.
1: I think even if there's English subtitles, we still wouldn't have caught on to that.
0: Oh no, I still would have ended up Googling that quote and gone, the image 17 woman, that's
1: weird. Yeah, surprisingly, when you when you Google Willie Summers lyrics, it's not at the top of the Google search results here in Canada.
0: I did also check up on this after we uh, started getting those tweets, and genuinely, it does not come up anywhere near the top, even when you search the the Dutch. It comes up with the MH17 woman first.
1: Even in Dutch? Yeah. (laughs) Poor Willie
0: Summers. (laughs) I think he got quite a rough ride from us last week. We were quite mean to him, really.
1: (laughs) Do you think he listened to us?
0: No. He has people to do these things.
1: He has agents to listen to podcasts for him and screen them, for litigation purposes.
0: Yeah, but one of them then gets switched out halfway through by Doreen's boyfriend. That's how it works. He only gets to listen to half of our podcasts.
1: Or he has to dress up as an 80-year-old man.
0: (laughs) So previously, the final six had to sneakily take pictures of both a complete non-entity in Willie Summers, and their loved ones to earn cash. Once they were all reunited, the loved ones got to be the eyes for their candidates in a driving challenge, which went horribly wrong. At the execution, it was very different, as someone had to hide their red screen in order to potentially save themselves and keep money from the pots. In the end, it was Salim who went home, but not without a secret offer from the mall. And we begin the episode, continuing with Salim's car ride, but then an early diary of the mall.
1: Was the secret offer a back
0: massage? The secret offer was, I'm going to give you the worst old age makeup we have seen since a Harry Potter film. So we do have an early diary, which is, I really didn't expect the dropout to save himself and someone else to go home. I'm just sitting here with better liars than myself in a game where I have to be the best. I'm really shocked about how well this has been played, and how dirty it is, but it helps to know that Salim can still take revenge in a way.
1: I think as of now, the mole realises they've been discovered.
0: Yeah. And the quote to begin the episode, which I'm not going to give any context for this week, because I have been burned now, is taking part is more important than winning. And last week I did speculate that these might be a hint. And I'm going to give anyone who doesn't want a reasonably concrete hint the chance to, I don't know, skip 30 seconds ahead or so until you hear us stop talking about this, because last week at least, um, someone worked out that if you take the first letter of the first one, the second letter of the second one, the third letter of the third one, the fourth letter of the fourth one, and the fifth letter of the fifth one, it spells out A-N-O-L-A. And they were speculating that if you then add in some more letters, like I, M, and L, you get Alina Mole. Hmm. However, (laughs) this week's one, the sixth letter was an E. Which means that unless we're going to get a quote in the reunion episode, which, you know, isn't unlikely, that quote might not be right.
1: Swing and a miss.
0: Yeah. So it might still end up being English Mole Alina, but... The next three have to be I, M, and L. There can be no other letters now for it to actually work as in.
1: Stay tuned for that.
0: Mm. So after Salim's elimination, everyone drove to Kalamata by the coast, and everyone relaxes at the hotel. Some, like Bart, sleep, but Jolien and Alina do a dance routine, and Alina hurts her ankle.
1: quote-unquote hurts her ankle. Ow, ow, I'm the mole. I was doing the simple schoolyard little dance and now my foot is snapped in half and I'm pretty sure my femur is bruised as well. I really I'm not, I hope we don't have to do any athletic events today
0: (laughs) I will say if she's the mole that was a terrible terrible sabotage but I do sit here as someone who on the way to the cinema to watch the Dutch mole finale did do that exact same thing and still has a sore ankle from it I really badly damaged my ankle and I don't know when it's actually going to fix itself. It hurts.
1: It was like the way that Alina injured herself from such a lighthearted dance thing. It reminds me of like in professional wrestling with the finger poke of death, where they had this match where Hulk Hogan just lightly pokes Kevin Nash and he pretends to fall down really hard and then pins him and wins the match. So that's what it, that's what it reminds me of. Or a soccer player.
0: See, you know that I don't know much about wrestling, but the one main thing I do know about Hulk Hogan is that he was um, he was the star of an accidental sex tape that was um, recorded through a fake smoke alarm in the roof of uh, his friend's house.
1: Never have I ever. <laughs> 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 if only that was on one of the cards. <laughs>
0: Never have I ever done a sex tape where my friend recorded it through a fake smoke alarm on his ceiling. Christian, you drink. (laughs) Yeah, the problem is Christian would then raise his hand and drink, and then refuse to actually give any information. (laughs) Papa Bear drinks? I had never guessed that one. So the hotel does have a museum to the Olympics, and inside they find a tablet with a message from Papa Bear on it. And the message is, when people think of Greece, they think of the Olympics, and one huge part of the classic games is the pentathlon, so it's convenient that there are only five people left. The disciplines for the pentathlon are javelin, discus, wrestling, long jump, and sprinting, and they will each take one. They have to head to Messini to meet their coach, and their coach is an actual former Greek Olympic coach. A
1: lot of retired Olympians who haven't been able to find a job for the past 30 years all get to have a gig for this one episode.
0: I know you're the sport guy, but it's a real shame that wrestling still isn't part of the pentathlon. It would make it so much more interesting.
1: Like Olympic wrestling that my oldest brother did, or like professional wrestling?
0: Oh, professional wrestling. I want to see people at the Olympic Games have chairs smashed over their heads (laughs) and be flying at sables. It would make the Olympics so much more interesting if people had to then get up from that and then the very same day have to go do javelin or discus.
1: All right, in this pentathlon, all right, for our final event, we are going to have a tables, ladders, and chairs match.
0: The Olympic wrestling in this pentathlon is hell in a cell.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bring in the Undertaker.
0: It's a barbed wire match, no.
1: I wish it was a barbed wire match. Where everyone is, it's mandatory for everyone to drink a beer before they go into the ring. Up <laughs> <I'm> for Dama! <laughs> I fell 10 feet off this ladder.
0: <laughs> See, now we finally found an Olympic event that Mike Off of Rochelle can be successful at.
1: Wow, an Amazing Race 26 reference. That's going back old school.
0: So, they quickly decide to put Christian on the javelin, Bart on the discus, Jolien on the long jump, Doreen on the wrestling, and Alina on the sprinting, and then Papa Bear meets them at an old amphitheatre and introduces them to their five opponents who are forming Team Greece. In the first four events, they can build up a head start for the 100 metre sprint, which is the final event. Every event they win gives their runner a 5 metre head start. If they win the 100 metre sprint, they will win 3,000 euros of the pot. They also have one advantage, which is that they can pick one of the other four events. Where they will only have to do half as well as the old Greek to win. Did you ever see Shaq versus? I didn't, but I heard about it. Was that the program where Shaquille O'Neal had to do an event against a bear? Most
1: likely, because what they did each week was I think there's like one or two challenges where Shaq would like very loosely train at something or have like an expert help him tag team in the event. And there's this relay race. I can't remember who he was up against, but Shaq got to have all these like excellent sprinters on his team. Cause I think each person just had to do a hundred meters. And the one guy he was up against had to do the whole race and Shaq got to relay with like a couple other guys or something. And Shaq only had to run like the last 40 meters or something like that. So I was thinking when I was watching this, man, if if Shaq needed like a sixty or seventy meter head start in a race with with help, I can't imagine if these guys even had a shot at winning it against Salim with at a maximum of twenty uh, twenty meter head start.
0: I have just googled it. It was not the one where he had to do something against a bear. I was thinking of man versus beast. I think, <laughs> but the bear that they use for all those sort of programs. Do you know what it's called? A stunt bear. I shit you not, its name is Bart. There is a famous stunt bear called Bart the Bear.
1: Is that the same one from Amazing Race Family Edition? Yes, it is. (laughs) Really? What a weird, weird coincidence to have brought up on this podcast. Considering Bart the Bear is like the only character from Amazing Race Family Edition who I still talk about all these years, other than Les, the gas station attendant.
0: So once they realise that the sprinting is the most crucial event, they have a sprint off, and Bart wins, so him and Alina switch disciplines. And they use their advantage almost immediately on the first event, which is the long jump, and Jolien has to do half as well as a 75-year-old called Demetrius, whose personal record is 7.62 metres. And in each event, they get two attempts, with the exception of the wrestling. They will go, then the old Greek will set a target for them, to beat and then they have a second attempt to try and beat that. Her first jump is invalid as her foot crossed the line. His first jump ends up being 3.63 metres and her second jump ends up being 2.85 so they win the first five metres. And then it all kind of goes a bit wrong because the next event is the discus and Alina has to face off against an 8 year old called Spiros whose record is 54.49 metres. But first we get the singing of him saying how young are you? I have a granddaughter who's 12 years older than you.
1: I have a wife who's been dead for 30 years.
0: (laughs) I'm not touching this one with a barge pole. (laughs) (laughs)
1: My Viagra prescription is 15 years old.
0: Dere than you.
1: Oh, that would have been the like, that would have been great. He just pulls out this box of Viagra that has an expiry date back in like nineteen eighty three or something like that.
0: <laughs> and meanwhile, Bart's off to the side, just just like looking at his watch, going, "Come on, do you want to float with an eight year old, or do you want to find out who the mole is? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: do you want to be a grave robber, or do you <laughs> want to find out who the mole is?"
0: And then off to the other side is Bart the Bear, who's just kind of on a unicycle.
1: <laughs> if only that, if only they could pick him for um, an event like that in the pentathlon. It's too bad there was no unicycle <laughs> racing. Uniracers.
0: Can you imagine if um, if the old Greek for wrestling tapped out and uh, and Bart the Bear just came stumbling down the amphitheater steps instead?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, Doreen you can wrestle this Olympic wrestler. Or, for 500 euros, you tag team Bart the Bear for some extra help.
0: See, we joke about this, but it's not out of the question with this show.
1: If they had a task where ostriches chased after contestants in a maze, I think a professional Bart the Bear can jump in and wrestle a greek olympian for money he gets his part of the cut too
0: oh definitely he gets 1500 euros of anything they win
1: here we say we'll do anything for that cheddar but bart the bear does anything for that honey
0: uh, bart the bear sadly died in the year 2000 by the way
1: he died in 2000 yeah well who was the bart the bear on family dish and that was filmed in 2005
0: maybe it's bart jr yeah bart, bart- the bear too
1: <laughs> the bear too.
0: <laughs> no, it, it really is. It's an unrelated brown bear cub. And he's still alive.
1: They're just, are, all these stunt bears are just named Bart. It's just a Bart farm.
0: I cannot believe we have got to Bart the bear of all things. So her first throw is over three metres less than his. and The second one's almost identical so she gets no advantage. And then Christian's third up with the javelin. He must face off against a 64-year-old called Vladimiros whose record is 67.13 metres.
1: I like how all of these names sound like villains from superhero films. They call me Spiros.
0: <laughs> I am Vladimiros. I throw javelin.
1: I will destroy you. I shall break you.
0: And I must admit, thank God they picked Christian for this challenge, because the visual of Christian holding this javelin, which is genuinely twice his high, is so funny.
1: Well, the thing is, with people who tend to be shorter, tend to have really good upper body strength. And the thing is, I bet you he can throw that javelin way further than any of the other contestants.
0: Oh, I don't doubt it. There's a reason he was picked for it. He wasn't an absolute shambles at all. In fact, we saw that him and Bart basically traded off who was going to do the throwing events because they were both great at the, both of them. Mm-hmm. So Christian's first throw is fourteen point six one meters. Vladimirus throws thirty point three three. And then Christian throws 14.8, so they get no advantage. It was close. And now the event that was just so fun from this one, which is Doreen having to wrestle against a 54-year-old man, formerly known as the Colossus of Kalamata. His record is that he went 22 matches unbeaten in the year 1990. All she has to do to win her advantage is to not be pinned for three seconds in a two-minute match.
1: He did that before I was born.
0: He did. There were years before Logan was born, believe it or not. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And uh, I think they needed an older wrestler because 50, I mean, the other guys were like, what, you said 64, 75, 78, 80?
0: Yeah, so there was 75, 80, and 64, yeah.
1: Why did they choose the wrestler to be so much younger than the rest? There had to be like a 70-year-old wrestler who was pretty good.
0: Maybe there was a 70-year-old wrestler who did a test for this event and then popped his hip out or something.
1: I guess it's a lot more physical, physically demanding in terms of just agility and body movement and compared to being conditioned to just throw a javelin or just throw a discus or a long jump. I guess with wrestling, there's so many different things that could go wrong. But 54, though, there's a lot of people in really good shape at 54.
0: Hmm. And he probably hasn't stopped training in wrestling, even at 54.
1: He's probably a coach. That's really the only career path that a lot of uh Olympians or top athletes get to do, especially in like smaller sports where there's really no money, is you pretty much just have to become a coach.
0: And she doesn't disgrace herself. She ends up getting pinned, but only after 96 seconds.
1: Do you get the impression that he wasn't in a big rush to pin her?
0: Oh, definitely. I, I highly doubt that he knew he was going to be fighting a woman.
1: Like, he's not going to just freaking, you know, just freaking hoist D- Doreen up and, like, body slam her or something. Do you know how bad that would look on TV?
0: Well, maybe the advantage that she could have got if they'd used it on on her was she gets uh, Papa Bear to the side just throwing chairs to her to smash over his head.
1: Seriously, that would be... that, that really should have been the advantage for any of the five of them that had to do this because i think it still would have been competitive it would it still would have been really cl- i think the i think the colossus of kalamata olives would have would have won this thing
0: can you imagine if they'd saved it for the final round and bart was there th- just throwing chairs at what he assumed was an 82 year old man <laughs> <laughs> yeah Do you want to race me, or do you want me to win €3,000? Do you want to give
1: this 80-year-old man a concussion, or do you want to find out who the mole is?
0: So, now, (laughs) the main event is Vart being in a 100-meter sprint against an 82-year-old called Annibal Smelt, whose name (laughs) definitely isn't an anagram of Salim's. Because even though I saw a picture of Papa Vergelda Costa and Salim in old age makeup on his Instagram before I watched this episode, oh my god, how can they think that he was even hidden? He looked like a pop art painting.
1: They should have at least given him a walker.
0: There is no way that anyone who has spent two, nearly three weeks with Salim would not guess it's him straight away.
1: Hey, there's this eighty year old guy who looks a lot like a uh, twenty uh, five year old Salim. Do you think they should have gone? Do you think they should have gone older overall with the considering? Really, none of these these events are close. Do you think they should have gone older with the
0: Olympians? I think so. Yeah, I I think they definitely could have gone older, especially on the wrestling side. They could have found an older wrestler.
1: Do you think all they should have found all the Olympians who were? 80. I think 80 would have been good.
0: Yeah. So in the race, Bart trips on the gravel, allowing Annabelle to win, and Salim gets himself 1,500 euros. But the group earned nothing.
1: That wasn't a trip. That was like a freaking dive roll. <laughs> it was. And the way it's done in slow motion was hilarious. His whole body gets thrown up and flung into the air. It's like somebody suddenly threw out a bunch of banana peels from Mario Kart. Like, it was...
0: The only way it could have been funnier is if we had some Bart sound effects just going, (laughs) Ah! Oh, no! Mario? (laughs) (laughs) But literally, as soon as he grabs the trophy, Salim just takes his glasses off, and they're like, that's blatantly Selene. They I mean, he's in officially old age makeup, but all they've done is kind of colored his eyebrows and his beard and his hair.
1: Did you ever see the movie Beerfest? I did not. Yeah, it's it's the same guys who did uh, Super Troopers. And in Beerfest, there's this spoiler alert for a movie that, you know, was a Canadian film from twenty years ago, but uh there's this one scene where the one character where the one character dies and then they're all like, "Oh man, sucks that he's dead, you know. And they needed uh, they actually needed somebody to uh, compete in beer fest with them. And a character shows up and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm this guy's twin. That was my twin brother who just died. and I want to join the team. And they're like, "Oh, that's great. It's like it's like, uh, it's like he never died at all. <laughs> it's like he's been he's, he was here the whole time. doesn't change anything. So that's kind of what it is, seeing what should have happened with Salim, is cross the finish line, take off the glasses, and they're all like, oh man, it was Salim the whole time. Oh no, I, I, I'm not Salim, Salim's my twin brother who was executed last night. Um, I, I'm Salam.
0: I'm Malice, <laughs> I'm his evil twin.
1: Yeah, I'm Malice. Did you see me trip Bard a few seconds ago? Salim wouldn't have done shit like that, only Malice does shit like that. Pitch went down. <laughs> yeah. And you thought Alita's ankle was in rough shape
0: I'm wondering whether you have the same instinct as I did on, on this whole scene of Salim revealing himself though because if you think back to when we talked to Papa Bear he said that as soon as these people get executed they immediately get sequestered and cannot talk to another person in the game because otherwise they might give something away mm-hmm. and they let him talk to everyone here Salim is the first ever executed contestant who actually got a chance to know he was out of the game and still interact with the people in the game. To know for certain that he was not coming back.
1: Maybe they trusted his poker face, or they're confident Salim still doesn't know who the mole is. Mm.
0: I think it's a very interesting production decision, that.
1: Or maybe that hug with the contestants was so brief, that maybe it was only like a minute or two and production wasn't too worried about that time window.
0: Yeah, I I think he was probably under various strict instructions.
1: That's probably why he had to wear the sunglasses the almost the whole time. In case because you know, you you lie with your eyes.
0: Thank you, Craig. <laughs> so after dinner, Papa Bear suggests that they go to a local oozery, but someone has to be designated driver. And Bart gets volunteered.
1: With uh, Justin Trudeau, with the whole Moistily thing, is an oozery better than Moistily? Did you hear about the whole Moistly controversy? I did not know. Okay, so it's going on around crazy with... Uh, it's just a big meme right now, where he was talking about the coronavirus, and just to... about wearing. He's like, yeah, we should start wearing face masks, and be careful with... Uh, you know, we gotta still practice social distancing, and I think he was trying to come up with like the word saliva, or just not, uh, you know, you know, like really be uh, enthusiastic when you speak, where there's a lot of spittle coming out, and he just couldn't th- think of the word he wanted to use. So he's like, um, "So yeah, we want to avoid, void we want to avoid being moistly," and then he's like, "Then even in the middle of when he said that, he's like." ooh, that's probably not a good image for a lot of you. (laughs) Then he just kept talking. Then uh, So then he just kept going, and then all of these memes and all of the news websites uh, had, like, Trudeau and, like, playful or more seductive poses and photoshops with just it being, like, Justin is moistly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, moist is one of those words that quite a lot of people really dislike hearing.
1: Yeah, and that, yeah, that did... This was just like five or six days ago, and ever since then, I've probably seen that meme spread at least ten times a day.
0: (laughs) For those people listening who love ASMR, here's a a little bit for you. Moist. And if that doesn't give you tingles, I don't know what will. Bart. Bart
1: posing with the fruit model.
0: Oh, don't give me that image. (laughs) So when they get to the uzuri. Papa Bear says they can earn €2,500 by playing a classic game of Never Have I Ever, and Bart is in control, in the car, and has to ensure his fellow candidates leave the table as sober as possible, because to get back to the car, they have to walk over a bench, and he has to choose the statements that his fellow candidates won't drink for. The first he comes across is, I've never been in the pool, the second is, I've never kissed someone of the same sex. And he discounts, I've never cried in public, because Jolien will be the only one who says yes to that one. And he also discounts, I've never voted for bullshit. And he chooses, I've never been on a dating site or app to begin the first round. And it's €50 per non-drinker at the table. And Christine drinks. So they play for €150 so far. And no one is allowed to lie, as all the questions are taken from their original applications.
1: What if they do lie?
0: I think Papa Bear will probably call them out if they lie.
1: What if they're still really adamant? Because they don't want to be embarrassed on TV.
0: (laughs) Well, maybe they shouldn't have put it in their applications. (laughs) If Papa Bear asks you if you've pissed in a pool, you tell him the truth.
1: Never have I ever robbed a bank.
0: Never have I ever got away with committing a crime.
1: (laughs) especially on a freaking application where you admit to it
0: never have i ever pretended to be my uh, my evil twin brother called malice
1: (laughs) (laughs) never have i ever pretended to be an 80 year old
0: greek olympian
1: oh salim you drink oh classic
0: everyone's done it man (laughs) never have i ever wrestled a bear
1: <laughs> this would be great. Never have I ever gotten really sloshed, went into a museum, and tried to rob the museum in the middle of South Africa and gotten away with it.
0: Never have I ever gotten into the Southern Hemisphere's largest hedge maze, played a game of Scrabble, got shit scared by ostriches, and then nearly made out with a Canadian two years later at the finale. <laughs> Because we both know that Davey would have <laughs> drunk for that one. <laughs> never
1: have I ever done karaoke while getting a painful Vietnamese m- massage.
0: Never have I ever been eliminated by paint, Bob.
1: Never have I ever been buried alive?
0: <laughs> anyway, the second question is, never have I ever shot a pistol and Alina and Christine drink? Alina says she has family in America, so shotguns there, because they sell them everywhere in Walmarts. I can vouch for that, they do. Been to Texas. Yep. And Christian says that he was once in Vilnius.
1: <laughs> like, oh, uh, he's like, come on guys, don't you know that about Vilnius? They have guns everywhere.
0: What happens in Vilnius stays in Vilnius.
1: <laughs> like... I was thinking, man, uh, there's no gun stereotype about Lithuanians or Vilnius. Why is that an explanation? Oh, man, you guys are upset that I played checkers in Madagascar? Oh, I was in Madagascar. What else was I going to do? Of course I was going to play a game of checkers.
0: Guys, you know what it's like in Vilnius. Everything escalates and you end up firing pistols, all right?
1: Yeah, you're like Yosemite Sam.
0: Classic Lithuania. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know what they do? I'm like, of course, of course, I did handstands when I was in Australia. Come on. It's what they all do. Come on, guys. Be cultured. Handstands everywhere.
0: God, stop being so ignorant. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So yeah, so from now so that's one thing I learned today. Apparently in Vilnius, you fire pistols when you're there, and you're just, if, if you haven't fired a pistol in Vilnius, then well, I'm sorry, but you just haven't experienced Vilnius po- properly.
0: Exactly. I, I mean, what more can I say? So after each round, they can remove someone from the table and stop them drinking. And that person must walk along a bench without falling off to bank their cash. And they choose probably the person with the worst centre of balance, even when she's not had a drink yet, Doreen. And we get the classic Greek tune, Zorba's Dance, when she stumbles across the bench, but they do earn 100 euros for the pots.
1: Good for her. Hmm.
0: (laughs) And the second round is all worth 100 euros per non-drinker. And the first statement is, Never have I ever kissed someone of the same sex. And everyone drinks. And the best excuse here is Jolien just going, I was a student, alright? Students do these things. I experimented. Put it this way, I had shares in Cherry Chapstick. Just saying.
1: I I honestly don't know any women my age who haven't kissed another woman. Or that I haven't at least seen it for myself.
0: Also, what limit do they put on this? Is it like full-on kissing, or is it like a peck on the cheek?
1: I uh, know this. I think, with the way the question is, it's definitely uh, lip to lip.
0: The implication is like tonsil tennis, but I mean, for some people, it might be risque to just kiss on the cheek.
1: No, no, this is we're talking. We're talking Western Europe.
0: True, where tonsil tennis is a greeting. Tonsil tennis is a part of the pentathlon. There, Michael. It's wrestling a bear. Tonsil tennis. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Man, I'm glad I'm glad Doreen did not have to compete against an 80-year-old man in that event.
0: No, Alina had to do the tonsil tennis with her 80-year-old man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've done ta- tonsil tennis with somebody who is 12 years older than you.
0: <laughs> so the next statement is, I have never spent a night in a police cell and Alina drinks because she was an illegal immigrant.
1: That was a real downer of a story, wasn't it? Like, I translate that whole story, it's like, wow, wow, this this the worst game of Never Have I Ever.
0: Yeah, it's sort of a buzzkill for Bart to pick that, but it is classic Bart to pick the one statement that is an obvious buzzkill answer.
1: It's like, never have I ever been in a refugee camp, or, like, never, <laughs> never have I ever been to my own grandparents' funeral. Like, stuff like that, where it's like... What are you doing? Or, never have I ever broken the honour of a handshake. Just all of these questions that do not belong in a game of never have I ever. Like, I'm surprised a threesome did not come up as one of the questions. That's a staple of every game of never have I ever.
0: I think you're confusing Belgie never have I ever, with short-lived game show and closet harmstone favorite. The Moment of Truth. Please tell me you watched that.
1: Oh, yes. That was Fox that did it like 15
0: years ago, wasn't it? Are you aware that the production company has put every episode on YouTube and it is the most trash that I have ever seen and I am I'm obsessed with it.
1: Oh, they actually did put it on YouTube because we yeah, we actually watched it live uh when it when it aired back in the day.
0: When when was moment of truth? Was it fifteen years ago? Two thousand and six ish, I think.
1: Wow, I was right on. Yeah, I know it's like I remember me, and my brother, and my sister would watch it because they did about twenty episodes, roughly, or thirty. They
0: did forty over two seasons, I believe.
1: Yeah, I know. I know what I know. They did some, but it wasn't a huge amount. I remember it was a huge deal when they. Yeah, like, this is, if you're listening out there to this podcast, just watch an episode of that. Your jaw's gonna drop to the floor that a show like this actually existed.
0: Genuinely, I have no idea how this show got commissioned. It's essentially one person strapped to a lie detector, they're asked 21 questions, and, well, they have to tell the truth for every answer. And if they tell the truth for all 21 questions, they walk away with a lot of money. However, the questions start off pretty innocuous, like, never have I ever shot a pistol, or never have I ever kissed someone of the same sex. And then they go to the heights of, I believe one of them ended up being, do you think your um, your father committed sexual assault with him sat there?
1: Yeah, and uh, I remember the one episode, this was a big deal on TV, because this made news headlines at the time, was when they had to do a little PSA before the episode aired saying, by the way, guys, this episode, the person gets deep enough and admits to things that are going to be really uncomfortable. And It was the host, the host did the PSA.
0: Oh, yeah, th- those PSAs are still on the episodes.
1: Yeah, and one of them, I don't know if this was just a one-time thing, but the host said, this was the most uncomfortable I ever felt, at least if, I can't remember if he said it, in his whole life, or just being a TV presenter. He's like, I've never been more uncomfortable. I didn't even really want this episode to even air on TV. And it was the one where, uh, spoiler alert, where the woman admits to cheating on her husband, I think.
0: Oh, that episode. As you might have guessed, it's the sort of show where you watch it, you go, I feel really dirty for even watching this program, but oh my God, it's trash. It's wonderful.
1: Yeah, it's just cool because it's fascinating psychologically. Like, people are willing... To go, this because this aired in prime time too. So, this was like a Tuesday or Wednesday at eight o'clock back in 2005 when you've still got tens of millions of people watching you in your own country on TV in the States and in Canada. And, well, clearly now worldwide, thanks to YouTube. But, and you go on there and people are just willing to say, Yep, I cheated on my husband repeatedly. And then the next question comes up and they don't answer it honestly and then they don't really go home with that much money after admitting to adultery. It was mind-blowing.
0: The episode you were talking about with Mark L. Wahlberg um, and his PSA is actually mentioned on the Wikipedia page. And I quote, In one episode over the course of play, a female contestant admitted that she felt her ex-boyfriend is the man she should be married to and to have cheated on her husband. The intro of the show featured a disclaimer by Mark L. Wahlberg in which he claimed it was highly debated whether or not the episode should even be aired And he was against it being aired, calling it the most uncomfortable situation he's ever been in on television.
1: Yeah, I forgot about that show. God, that was... I think the show got cancelled almost right after that episode, I think.
0: Yeah, it's definitely worth watching, but you have to remember, it's trash. (laughs) It's a, a really horrid program, but it's actually kind of watchable. And that is, I assume, how it ended up getting commissioned.
1: But yeah, I think I think it would, might have been that incident, because I assume the host didn't want to do the show anymore as soon as his contract was up, and I assume after some of those moments, there had to be enough people in production that thought, yeah, this was a bad idea overall. I think two seasons is enough.
0: So after the second round, they have a huge debate over who shouldn't leave next. They choose Christian. He has had three drinks. However, between each round, the bench gets thinner, and he somehow manages to bank the cash. Then round three earns two hundred euros per non drinker, and they begin with "I have never killed an animal. Insects don't count." And Elena drinks because she went hunting with her father. They killed rabbits and fish, I think, as well.
1: Rabbits and fish is what came up in the translation. Like, what a weird combination! Like, what, what you know, what what goes? It's like in Survivor Thailand. What goes with nachos, margaritas? What goes with fish? This baby rabbit.
0: <laughs> Thumper from Bambi.
1: Thumper from Bambi for dinner. Oh my goodness. Oh, shoot him with the latest gun you got from Walmart in the, in Texas.
0: And then we get to the most controversial statement of the entire game. I have never sent a dish back at a restaurant.
1: I like how ashamed they both were when they drank.
0: I have no idea how this is controversial. Everyone has sent a dish back, surely.
1: I'm trying to think if I have.
0: You must have done
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> we sent back that beer. <laughs> they they gave us two beers when we I just wanted the one.
0: Yeah, um, I, I know for a fact that I've sent back steaks, for example, which haven't been cooked properly.
1: Oh yeah, well, then we went out to dinner where where they messed up the order.
0: Yeah, I've a hundred percent sent. We, yeah, of oh, back. everyone, uh, yeah, everyone
1: has had to have done it. I'm, I've already thought of, like three occasions.
0: How did Bart even think that that was going to earn any cash?
1: Well, it's tough to send food back when you're Bart, because you order every damn thing on the entire menu.
0: We'll just have one of everything.
1: (laughs) You can't send it back if it's all on your plate.
0: That is true. So Jolien leaves the table next to try and bank her 400 euros, and they succeed. And then the final round is worth 350 euros for every time that Alina doesn't drink. And their first statement, after much debate between Christine and Bart about whether she can, is, I have never voted for bullshit. And she says she can't vote, so therefore can't drink. And the final statement is that I have never sneaked out at night. And she says she's well-behaved and hasn't done it, so earns another €350. Euros. Is
1: there an actual political party named Bullshit in Belgium?
0: I don't know. I didn't really get the Zossen reference, I'll be honest. So if those nice uh, nice Flemish people who tweeted me about being wrong about Willy Summers last week could uh, tweet us and actually explain that one, that would be much appreciated. Thank you.
1: Because here we have, like, the rhinoceros party, the marijuana party, and uh, some other political party. So I don't know if there's just a political party in Belgium called the bullshit party. It's like, I don't vote for bullshit. Okay. Yeah, you voted conservative or liberal. Okay. That makes sense.
0: (laughs) And all she has to do to earn her 750 euros is walk across the thinnest bench. She's very drunk. Zorba's theme returns as she stumbles across, but she succeeds, so they earn 1,350 euros of a possible 2,500 for the challenge.
1: They wanted to make this a fun and easier challenge, I think.
0: Yeah, this was a very light challenge after the harrowing experience they had of literally wrestling bears and smashing tables and chairs over Salim's head. Sorry, Malice's head.
1: Yeah, I think, and plus, there isn't a huge amount of money in the pot right now.
0: No, they're still much lower than than they would have been at this point in other seasons.
1: So with the mole, they've had a really easy time falling in line with these two challenges. The first challenge, they knew that everyone was was not going to be able to beat the Olympians, so it's just like, yeah, we'll just all lose. And then the second challenge, the beam, I mean, Doreen, if she was later on, would have would have probably fallen, but... For the most part, you probably get that even with a few drinks, everyone's going to get across that beam. So, hey, let's just, if everyone else is crossing, then you have to cross too. So there's no way for the mole to stand out like a sword through thumb in either of these two challenges.
0: And in the car on the way back, they run through the other questions. Jolien says she pissed in the swimming pool and Alina got into a fight. And Christian says that they're bad boys, at which Papa Bear says the bad boys earned €1,350. Euros.
1: Bad boys! Bad boys, what you gonna do when they come for you? Do you want them to come for you, or do you want to find out who the mole is?
0: And the next morning, some people, aka Christian, wake up a lot worse for wear, and Bart looks very fresh.
1: <laughs> yeah, Christian looked rough, and he was out uh, of the challenge
0: second. Yeah, Christian was drinking a lot before he was out of that challenge, though.
1: So. Oh yeah, because they, they already had some wine at uh, at dinner.
0: Christian had three drinks before he went on that beam out of the possible four questions.
1: So we pro- they had wine at dinner.
0: And then Uzo is about fifty percent.
1: Yeah. And you gotta remember it's free wine when you're on the mole. So I assume people probably drink a bit more than they should, especially if it's not quiz night. Or execution night. I assume they're like, hey, when are you gonna have a moment like this again? You're probably gonna have a couple more drinks than you should. And then then you're told to go to a place where you're doing shots that have 50% alcohol. It's a true Belgian challenge.
0: Yeah, it's get absolutely sozzled and then try and be competent. And as the waitress is handing out orange juice at breakfast, she also gives them an envelope. All it contains is a card saying there will only be one winner today. And They are taken to a school where Papa Bear comes over the tannoy, and he says that they will play games in five rooms in the school. In each room, one candidate will be left behind. And only one person gets to go into the last room, and it could be very interesting and very lucrative for them. And in each of the first four rooms, they can earn a €1,000 Euros for the pots. In the fifth, there are other rewards. In the first room, they will see a still life. They are all currently worth a €1,000 Euros each, but the more they look at him, the less they are worth. And the person who copies the eight fruit that's around him slowest is out. And the curtain opens to reveal a man dressed in nothing but a banana necklace and using a pineapple to hide his modesty and grapes in his hand. Then they each begin with a thousand euros and can turn once to spot what the eight pieces of fruit are and replicate them. Each turn after that costs a hundred euros.
1: Everybody kept turning around to look at his banana.
0: Like, I I watched this episode very slowly because I was trying to work out the translations because this was a very word-heavy episode. This was not the episode for us to not have subtitles. And I went to dinner halfway through this episode And actually paused it with the image of the guy from The Still Life on the computer. And I thought, if anyone comes into my room and looks at my monitor, I'm going to get so many questions for this. Especially
1: when there's Dutch subtitles along the bottom of the screen, too. You can just say, oh yeah, I've really gotten into independent films lately.
0: Independent Flemish films that star a man wearing nothing but a banana necklace and covering his dick with a uh, pineapple. That's niche. (laughs) It's the niche areas of the internet.
1: It's the biggest pineapple gun since Chunky Kong and Donkey Kong 64.
0: So, pretty quickly, everyone actually remembers it apart from Bart. So, Julien is first to leave. Christian, Alina, and then Doreen is the leaving order. And Bart can now earn no money, but Alina is still worth 800 euros. Christian is worth 600. Doreen is worth the full thousand, and Julien 700. And in the second room, they must each choose a corner of the room and put a blindfold and a helmet with a cactus on. They each start with a thousand Euros, and each time that they take their blindfolds off to see where their balloon is, costs two hundred and fifty Euros, and all they have to do is jump up and pop the balloon hanging from the ceiling with a cactus. Blindfolded.
1: It's like somebody was on the production crew was drunk playing Mario Party and they thought, you know what would be a great mini game? How four people strap a cactus to their head to pop a balloon. That's classic Mario Party right there.
0: This is honestly like a fever dream of a challenge. I do not know what they were on when they came up with this challenge. It's bonkers. It's the weirdest challenge we've had for seasons. So Jolien is first again to pop hers with €750 left. Christian leaves second with €250 left. And Alina leaves last with 500 leaving Doreen behind. Doreen's original €1,000 and the 250 she would have earned from this challenge are now gone. Alina brings 1,300 through, Christian brings 850, and Jolien, 1,450.
1: Did Doreen not look at all?
0: Uh, she looked three times in the end.
1: Oh, for the cactus one? Oh, okay. So she would have had the lowest total how she had she passed?
0: passed? Uh, no, Christian by far had the lowest total. She would have had the uh, second lowest.
1: Okay, so Christian was at the lowest overall through two?
0: Christian had 850, then Alina at 1,300, and Jolien at 1,450. And um Doreen would have had twelve fifty great, so in the third room, they each have a wetsuit with the contents of a Greek salad attached to it with cocktail sticks. There are forty pieces of Greek salad ingredients, and they can each earn up to a thousand euros twenty five euros per item that is eaten by someone else off of their suit. The first two with completely empty suits, move on to the penultimate room. This is where I just sit there and go, what on earth were they on? How do you come up with the challenge where everyone is wearing wetsuits and has to awkwardly eat off each other?
1: I know people who do that and they only do that if they're really, really, really high and It's the nineteen seventies
0: It's like the the plot line for one of the mucky movies that you have in your collection.
1: <laughs> it's like, man, look at this doesn't isn't this, this just the greatest foreplay ever?
0: It's a really weird fetish. <laughs> I want you to wear a wetsuit, and I want to eat Greek salad ingredients off you.
1: And it'll make me nice and moistly. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> so Jolien suggests a deal, seeing as though it's only the last person's amount who counts, and they come to an agreement where they can eat ten items off each other's sticks.
1: It'll be great as if they're like, wow, that, that was a real turn-on for the three of us to do that. And just every day for the rest of the season... They all dress up in wetsuits (laughs) and fruit and just eat off of each other. Like, all right, we are ready to do another
0: challenge. It could have been worse. Imagine if it was Bart. Bart just stood in the corner going, do you want to eat Greek salad off me, or do you want to find out who the mole is?
1: And for the first time ever, he's like, yeah, I'll eat Greek salad off of you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Alina is the first to shake off her remaining 30 ingredients, with Julianne in second, leaving Christian behind with just one olive on his shoulder. The eight hundred and fifty euros he previously earned plus two hundred and fifty that he would have earned this round are lost, leaving Alina on fifteen fifty and Jolien on seventeen hundred.
1: You know, um, you know how Lena said that she had to eat fish and rabbits for survival when, survival when she goes hunting or goes uh, or trekking or whatever it was. Now she's learned all you have to do to avoid killing animals for food while you go adventuring is just put on a wetsuit and drench yourself in a bunch of fruits and vegetables on your body, and you'll have enough nutrition to, and calories to get by until you get back home.
0: That is true. So, the fourth room contains two ice blocks. The first person to free the key from the center of the block goes to the final room alone. and They are both worth a €1,000 currently, but there are tools in the room which they can use to free the key, which costs money. Ranging from salt, worth 50 euros, a kettle worth 150, antifreeze for 250, hair dryers for 300, drills for 400, and hammers and chisels for 500. And they are given a small tool for free. And Julien starts with salt, and Alina with antifreeze. And then Julien goes for the obvious answer of the hammers, and Alina follows shortly afterwards. And it just becomes a race as to who can kind of hack through her block with a hammer fast enough. The answer being Julien. She takes her €450 Euros through, bringing her potential winnings to 2150 Now, the final room, and I know you have a lot of thoughts on this, so I'm trying to get through to this quickly. The final room contains a dinner setting and a menu for her. In front of her is also a two-way mirror, so she can have a conversation with the mole. Unless she is the mole, in which case it's Papa Bear. There are five cloches in front of her, each containing a prize. Either the mole diaries of the losers, the main suspect of Selene as last loser, or maybe it was Malice doubling her takings from this challenge, to passfragen, or bankrupt, and her losing everything she has earned, including other prizes. The mole places the mole under the cloches themselves, and she can open as many as she wants, but each one she opens costs €500 from her takings. She can stop after each cloche, or when the bankrupt appears, whichever is first, and the mole says that there is one cloche each person wants to avoid, for Jolien that's the bankrupt, and for the mole it's the doubler, and they will tell Jolien where they are, if she agrees not to choose the doubler. Julian says that they're not going to say which is which, but the mole says that they will because they're friends. And friends is the most important reason.
1: No one ever told you that life was going to be this way.
0: The mole says that under Closh 4 is the doubler and Closh 5 is the bankrupt, and that's certain as long as she promises not to pick the doubler. Now, which one would you have picked, given the choice?
1: If, like, it was just laid down in front of me and I just got to pick whatever?
0: Yeah, which prize would you have gone for?
1: Let's see... Number one would be Salim's journal because he was just executed, so he's gonna have the most. It's the most up to date process of elimination for suspects. Number two would be the Passeragin, and number three, I guess, would be the the other eliminated contestants' diaries. I guess number four was the money doubler.
0: Yeah, I I think put anyone in this challenge, they're never going to keep much of the money at all.
1: This challenge was never about the money.
0: No. The the question is at what point you find the doubler. Because if you find the doubler first, it then becomes a much more difficult decision if you're spending a €1,000 per class year opening. Right. Because I'm assuming that would have happened. So, I think it depends how much you trust Salim as well. Because if you know who Salim suspected, his suspect probably isn't going to be that useful to you the diaries are probably going to be pretty useful the password and you've got to use on that test so it's an advantage but it's only a short-term one i think in terms of long-term advantage you go for the diaries depending on how much everyone else had written down obviously
1: yeah before they all they all suspected leone Hot for double. Damn it. Hot double.
0: <laughs> so jolien promises not to um not to go for the doubler because she says the diaries interest her the most, and the mole says that cloche 1 or 3 contains the diaries. She opens cloche 3, and it contains Salim's suspect, and after much discussion, she chooses to open cloche 2, which is the pass Passfragen, and then gives in to temptation, opens cloche 1, but it is the bankrupt. And she describes herself as dumb, dumb, dumb Neolian, and she looks so angry when Bavavir walks in.
1: I understand in the moment you're not going to have the clearest frame of mind but you got the main two that you needed yeah that was best case scenario after because i was thinking i was playing along after each one the first one when she lifted up and it was salim's journal it's like oh now would be a good time to stop because that was best case scenario out of the five but it's only a 25 percent chance to get bankrupt so you gotta risk getting one more especially if it's the past wagon what i got the journal than the pass the only two things that I actually wanted out of the four, uh, I have to stop right here, especially when bankrupt is a one in three chance there's and the money doubler isn't an incentive. And as I said before, unless it's like the last contestant to get eliminated, those early journals aren't really might, may not be that much help if all they did was just really suspect each other. So that's the only two you needed. So I was very, very surprised. She went with a third one. It wasn't like I watched the challenge and waited for her to lift the third one and be like, "Oh, you idiot!" In the in the moment, I was like, after the first one, I was like, uh, "Do you go for one more already?" Even though you have Celine's journal, what the pass? I am set. But the fact that she picked up that third one, it's like, "Ooh, ooh, are you the mole?"
0: See, I still don't think she's the mole. She's my second suspect purely by default because let's be honest i'm strongly on alina then Julianne, and then pretty much equally it's christine and bart right now at zero (laughs) i'm reasonably confident in saying that it's a female mole this year
1: (laughs) with Julianne, it was because it's a classic mole tactic though where like in a challenge like this you could play a perfect game through those first four through the first three tasks or the first four tasks, and let's say you have, you know, 20,000 euros that you were able to rack up while everyone else only got one or 2,000 euros. All it takes is lifting up that bankrupt uh, lid, and boom, you earn nothing for the challenge. That's your sabotage. You don't earn anything for the group pot.
0: I think her tactic was obviously very suspicious, but I think she was playing it as a contestant.
1: I think anybody who is in that position, it's like there's each episode there's always that one position for a player to be in where the spotlight is really on them. And that was definitely the moment this episode was you have all this money on the line, what are you gonna do with this personal dilemma? Uh
0: yeah, no one in that position is not gonna think selfishly, I would say. Especially when you're at final five and with two pass frag in there you've got a pretty good chance of getting to final four.
1: Especially with what happened the last round, where the bottom two may have, well, we you know the bottom two, maybe even bottom three, were really close to all going home. I mean, that five, those last five questions sent Selene packing.
0: So they earn nothing of 8,000 euros for the pots, 13.50 of a possible 13,500 for the episode, and 19,995 euros of a possible 81,400 for the season so far. And it is now time for the test. 20 questions on the identity and actions of the mole. Whoever knows least goes home, apart from the mole who can never go home. And Christian says Jolienne is suspicious because she lost everything playing against the mole. Alina says she's suspicious too as she sailed through three of the four rooms and then came across it in the fourth one. But it's suspicious of Alina because she volunteered to run even though she had a knackered ankle. And then Papa Bear says that in the next few days the ultimate question, who the mole is, becomes more important as two of the five in front of him won't make it to the end. Jolien gets a green screen before Doreen is next to leave. And Alina and Christian both cry, and she says that every day was a high point for her.
1: And then she doesn't want to go home, but then a Greek Olympic champion wrestles her to the ground and puts her in the taxi to drive away.
0: Pile driver.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if Doreen gets piledrivered on an episode of The Bull... Holy hell would that be a visual.
0: It would be very funny though, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, who do you suspect? You got two suspects.
1: Well, it's not Barton Christian. So, I think that means I suspect Elena as number 1, but Julianne crept up this week because of the whole that whole challenge going bankrupt. I feel like that's a very moly way to play it. I may my, I may swap if they're both in it for the finale.
0: I love how looking at our suspicions list, I've suspected the same two people in the same order for three weeks now, which is Alina than Julianne. But also, the only people in the final four that we have even suspected this season are Alina and Julianne.
1: <laughs> and we both ruled out Barton Christian by like Episode one.
0: <laughs> Yet neither of us even put Bart or Christian in our top three in week one.
1: Wonder what happens, like how mu- how big a dumbasses will look if Bart and Christian are in the final three. We're like, oh, this is this is such an easy year for figuring out who the mole is. Oh, this is this is a walk in the park. And then boom, Bart's the mole, and Christian's the winner.
0: <laughs> this is a really weird season for us, isn't it? Given that. You know, it's very rare that we match suspects from. Let's be honest, the early part of the season. It's even weirder that we match suspects going into the penultimate week. Yeah, never happens with Belgium.
1: No, and the fact that we're like Barton Christian, no way they're the mole. No way,
0: no way, not a chance. We never,
1: It's very rare for us to rule out two people from the very first episode. We're like, no way can they? Are we even considering them to be the mole? And now, if they both end up in the final three, man, we better be right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, have you got anything else you want to say?
1: No, this was a... I wish they made the Pentathlon challenge a bit more competitive, to where they had a remote shot at earning money. But the actually, it was weird this week. The first two games where one was they had zero chance of earning any money, and then the second game was, it, it seemed unusually easy for them. So it's kind of weird that we got the two contrasts. And then the final challenge was definitely the very moly challenge of the episode. It really built up to it where we had really just overall fun challenge, then the goofy challenge, and then the, ooh, this is intense challenge minus the eating fruit off of each other and popping balloons for the cactus on your head and drying a naked guy holding bananas and pineapples just a normal week on belgian mold but that was intense
0: classic Belgium. so thank you for listening to our Mole Belgium recap we'll be back next week to continue the hunt for the latest Mole. don't forget you can contact us on twitter facebook youtube or instagram where we are RTV warriors or you can get emails at contact at rtvwarriors.com. Logan is on Twitter at logsuperquacky, and I'm MJ Harmstone. We will see you next week.
1: In the words of Willie Summers, peace out and just chill till the next of flavoring.